Poised for Exit is a show for business owners who want to achieve a successful future exit based on their own terms. Your business exit will likely be the biggest financial transaction of your life, and for most, you'll have one shot at doing it right. The topic and guests we feature and the stories they share will provide valuable ideas and strategies to improve operations and grow enterprise value so you can achieve the best possible exit outcome. Now here's your host, Julie Keys. Welcome everyone to Poised for Exit, the podcast show for business owners. Today, we're interviewing the principal and founder of a prominent Twin Cities financial advisory firm to talk about business succession from a financial advisory perspective. But before we meet with them, I'd like to thank and feature our show sponsors, Sunbelt Business Advisors and JAK CPAs. You give your business everything, but now you have a decision to make. Should you grow or go? Every business owner will exit their business someday. It's a big personal and financial decision. The best business owners know what their business is worth, and they know their options. Sunbelt Business Advisors can help you understand what your business is worth now and how to net the most when you sell. And if your business isn't ready for sale, we will show you how to get it ready. Here's the best part. Sunbelt gets paid when you get paid at the closing table. And if you aren't ready to exit your business right now, but you want to know what your company is worth, Sunbelt will meet with you for no charge, no cost, no commitment, absolutely confidentially. So whether you're ready to go or still working on your grow, meet with Sunbelt now. The world's largest business brokerage firm is ready to help you. Call 612-455-0880. 612-455-0880. That's 612-455-0880. Or go to sunbeltminnesota.com. sunbeltminnesota.com. Many business owners planning a business transition often feel overwhelmed and don't know where to start. I'm Kyla Hansen, a partner at JAK CPAs. We can guide you to make sense of the numbers and the tax pieces of your transition. Leaving your business successfully takes time. So contact us today to discuss your situation. Visit our website at www.jakcpa.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here today with Joel Seleski, founder and principal of Seleski Financial. Joel, we're just thrilled that you're on the show today. We have so much to talk about. I'm excited to visit with you today, Julie, and I appreciate the invite. Absolutely. So we start the show every week with kind of the same thing, because I like to have our listeners get to know who you are and talk a little bit about your background. So let's start with that. Perfect. Well, I learned some valuable lessons working for my first boss ever about the importance of saving money and compound interest and how it could work to your advantage. And I took that interest and started to do some messing around with investments uh, as, as a young high school lad, I would say. (laughs) Um, I took that interest with me to the University of Minnesota, where I ended up getting a finance degree from the Carlson School of Management, and um, kind of figured out around the age of 19 that this is what I wanted to do for my career. Wow. And uh, participated in their internship, and um, have done that ever since. And so I run my own independent office, Selesky Financial, of the Northwestern Mutual, and um, that's kind of how I got my start. Wow. Very impressive. And you guys are super successful. How many people do we have in the firm now? There's 12 of us. Wow. And so of the 12, I'm just curious because I, I didn't know that. Um, how many are in, like, fulfilling your role? How many are advisors of the 12? There's four of us that are advisors who spend most of our time uh, working with clients uh, to address their questions and visiting with them about their situation. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got several that work in our planning department. A lot of them are CFPs and CFAs 
They help with structuring plans, uh, working with the investment portfolios, security selection, stuff like that. And mm-hmm. uh, then we have a group that works in operations. You know, they help with um, the actual management of the portfolios, sending people money when they need it, trans- transferring money and that kind of stuff. Well, it sounds like you guys have got a really well-rounded team and you offer a lot of you know, the, the services that, that anyone would need, regardless if they own a business or not. But today, we're just going to focus on entrepreneurs, business owners. I know you have a slant for that. You specialize in that. Very impressive. And we're kind of going to take that, like, how do we get ready for a transition angle? That sounds terrific. Right? So let's start with um, the value that you bring to a relationship with an entrepreneur prior to the sale of their business? Well, I always like to uh, mention to them that there's some relatability. Um, I myself am a small business owner, so Mm -hmm. I'm responsible for my employees and their compensation and benefit planning. And um, I I oftentimes have to think about, even today, my own future transition and succession. How am I going to take care of these clients for generations to come? And so there's some relatability there. But... um, I've I've found in the industry a lot of times um, other advisors are really interested in uh, visiting with entrepreneurs when they're getting uh, to that stage where they're close to selling their business. I oftentimes have found a successful transition takes a lot longer than people normally give it credit for. So, I mean, I I think if you can start, you know, thinking about transition planning well in advance, it will help the business owner have a more successful transition. So we like to get to know them early and work with them way before the transition occurs to mm-hmm. kind of help set the stage and have and aid them in having a more successful transition. Well, it seems to me that a common pitfall for business owners is they contact someone like you after the liquidity event, right? And at that point, there's so much that you could have done that you can no longer do. That's 100% correct. And... Mm-hmm. Um, We've had situations like that, and in, you know, oftentimes we can help them uh, prepare for their future, but in some cases there's so many I wish we shoulda, coulda, wouldas that we weren't able to address prior to the transition. Yeah, well, and in the work that you do and in the work that I do, we're both out to change that. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, change the outcome, for sure. So we talked a little bit about repercussions, right, like what we could have done. Maybe just, like, highlight an example of what, could have been had they contacted someone like you well in advance? Well, this is kind of a simple one, but you allude to this in your book, uh, which I I think is terrific. But um, a lot of clients don't ever take time to think about what life's going to look like Mm post-transition. And so um, I know we like to spend a lot of time talking about the non-financial impacts of selling a business or transitioning a business. Um, What are you going to do with your uh, free time? Um, a lot of entrepreneurs are used to being wanted or needed, you know, they're needed. Um, what happens when you're not uh, the, the reliable source that needs to be reached out to any further? Um, so there's mm-hmm. a lot of non-financial impacts, I think, leading up to a, a transition that business owners need to need to think about um, before they before they actually decide to sell their business. They really do. And I, if they saw someone like you as an integral part of the before, during, and after, because you really are, right? You're, of all the relationships, when I think about exit planning itself, of all the advisors that are on the team, right? You're the one who has to be there in the beginning, the middle, and the end, and after the fact, right? They, like that relationship is ongoing until their life is over. 
Ideally. And Ideally, then- it's supposed to be, right? Um, and, you know, relationships like they have with me come and go, right? I, I'm not a, a, like, forever long-term relationship. I mean, we could still be friends, but, you know, they're not going to need my services after they sell. Um, but for you, they will. Absolutely. And we also have to help them plan for future generations. Exactly. So not only how they want to manage their wealth while they're around, but how do they want us to manage their wealth for the generations that come behind? Or what sort of legacy do they want to leave? And I think that could be a topic for another show. Happy to chat further. Yeah. Well, we need to do that. So why would a business owner work with you then specifically before, well before the liquidity event? What, What are some of the benefits that they would gain in working with you, Joel? Well, I think one simple thing is we got to make sure we like each other. I mean, mm. the work that we do together prior to any succession uh, could be the, the courting period to determine we're just simply a good fit. I don't think you want to entrust all of your life's work or all of the assets that come from the sale of a business with somebody that you have a very short-term relationship with. Mm. So selfishly, I like the idea of, of nurturing and developing a long-term relationship and making sure um, you know we're a good fit. Uh, I also think about things like... Um, all the planning that you can do in advance of selling a business. Um, we do a lot of work in a kind of the, the key employee planning space. Mm. And so, you know, you want the key members of the team to be aware and excited and prepared for a transition so that when you do succeed your business, um, you've got some of the key players still in that business to help execute the mission of that business going forward. You don't want to lose those key people leading up to uh, a sale or a transition. And and many times if they leave, then they kind of leave with a lot of that business in their head, right? Um, their relationships with employees, their relationships with clients and customers, a lot of that just goes out the door if they decide to leave. So, gosh, um, absolutely right. Got to have that key person retention, right? Share the value, whatever those values are, right? Not just monetarily. You know, a lot of my clients think that they absolutely have to be paying bonuses and paying incentives to, you know, get people to stay. And and yes, you know, people do like to make a little extra money, especially if they're working overtime and harder and things like that. Um, but I think that having a voice in the company and um, understanding that their work and their contribution is keeping the wheels turning, you know, um, having that culture uh, too. We talked about that in another show. And, I'm sh- and I know that, that you're a big fan of that, right, for your firm. Um, and so when you think about retaining people, what are some of your tricks of the trade for the people that work for you? Well, I think a term we use a lot of times is co-creation. So mm-hmm. we're co-creating a lot of times the business goals. We're co-creating the succession and the transition plan together. Um, I think, um, you know, key employees sometimes just want to have their input valued and they will kind of want to be communicated with. And so I think making them aware that, hey, someday I may not be as, a, as integral of a role in this business. What would you want to see transpire? How potentially could your role change? What would you want your your role to evolve or grow into if, if we had a transition like that? Um, Enabling them to have um, some contributions to what would happen and how it would happen, I think is just, uh, I think they kind of deserve that if they're going to be an integral part of your practice over a long period of time. A lot of reasons to do that, right? Not just for contingency planning, but also, you know, so that you can practice, you know, stepping away, doing other things, which I know you're doing. Um, and, And it's kind of, you know, another way of saying collaboration, which, of course, I'm a big fan of. So Absolutely. Yeah. When, when we talk about uh, questions that come your way from business owners, Joel, 
Um, share what some of those questions are that you hear, like before a sale, because I know that they've got some very deep, concerning questions. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times they just want to make sure they have enough. You know, if, if I have this sort of sale, will I have enough? Will I be able to continue to perpetuate my lifestyle? Um, I would tell you there are a lot of business owners out there that really care what would happen to their employees too. So if I succeed this business, um, how do I take care of those employees that have worked so hard for me for so many years? Mm-hmm. Um, they have a lot of questions about, and you address this in your book too, um, what type of sales can you have? I mean, there are sales to outside parties, internal parties. Um, there's lots of different ways to transition a business. So I think a lot of our clients are just seeking education, and the good ones are seeking education well in advance of a transition to determine how can we do this, how are people taken care of, and then there also also ultimately has to be enough of a benefit in there for the owners to be able to step away and, and do all the things they want to do with the rest of their years. And I think um, in terms of establishing a relationship with someone like you, I think that business owners struggle with that because they're not exactly sure what they need and want when it comes to financial planning. And I think that they think that they need to have lots of money before they call someone like you and lots of answers because you're going to ask a lot of questions and they don't like to look dumb. No one does, right? Uh, Myself included. And so and, and, and it's, it's similar to why someone would or wouldn't work with someone like me, because they feel like they should, quote unquote, know. So therefore, if they work with me, then that would make them look like they don't know something that they should. And that's not the case at all, right? Not the case at all. You know, when you think about uh, selling a business, whenever it is, you know, any business owner who is going to sell a business, it's the biggest, usually the biggest financial transaction of their life. And they definitely don't want to be trying to DIY, right? I, t- I totally agree. And, mm-hmm. I, and I would tell you, some of my favorite clients are the ones that are okay to acknowledge they don't have all the answers. And they're seeking out advisors just to learn. Yeah. Um, I just, I always oftentimes think and reflect back on experience, all the things I've learned over these years, the things you've learned, Julie, that you highlight in your book with some of the stories and such. And uh, you can't replace experience. So mm-hmm. most of these business owners are, approaching their transition, maybe the only transition they'll ever have in their business life. And I, I think it's ill-advised for them not to reach out to other people who have transitioned their businesses or the advisors who have helped clients, many clients transition their businesses to learn what worked, what didn't work, right. what were ways they could keep around their key employees, what are ways they incented their employees, um, what did life look like them for you know after the fact. Um, what are the things they liked or disliked about selling their business? I think it's uh, very intelligent to seek out and, and, and gather more information before going through it, through it yourself. And you and I as advisors, um, I'm, I'm thinking that you probably follow this, this method um, because you're smart and successful. You have advisors too, right? So Absolutely. do I. Yeah, I, 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 there's no way I could do what I do if I didn't have good, smart advisors. I totally agree. Yeah, and and for my clients, you know, when when they say things like, "Well, I feel like I should know some of this stuff, but I just don't. I've I've never been down this road." And I'd say, you know what, I couldn't sit in your chair and do your job either. Right. So let's each do our jobs, and we'll make it work. Yeah. Totally true. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about a successful transition. Um, you had said earlier when we first started that it takes a while and a lot of owners don't understand the, how long it takes. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, I think um, we got to think about pre-exit and post-exit, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I think you, 
as an advisor, you want to gather a good history of the business, understand what the business is all about, understand how it started. You're kind of developing that storyline that you're going to have to tell to other people that potentially may be interested in acquiring that business. Um, we have to understand what are the owner's goals? What are their concerns? Um, how relevant is that business sale in helping them accomplish other lifetime goals, uh, uh, lifetime goals, either short-term or long-term? Um, how will it affect family dynamics? Do they have key family members in the business? Um, how do they want to deal with the employees? How do they want to me- memorialize their life's work? I mean, these are all questions that we have to ask and, and think through uh, leading up to a sale. Memorialize life's work. That's, I like that. So let tell me more a little bit about that. What do you mean by that? Well, for most business owners, um, their businesses, you know, they've poured their life's blood, blood, sweat, and tears into that for many, many years. Amen. And they maybe have had children that have worked in that business. They've had, you know, maybe employees that have worked there for very long tenures. Um, they've spent most of their waking hours in that business. Mm-hmm. And so how do they want to leave that business for the people that participated in it, the people that contributed to it? Um what do they want the the future of that business to look like? Maybe when they're not at the helm anymore. Um, I think uh, you talk about the exercise of journaling in your book, and I think it's terrific. I mean, if people can get these thoughts on paper and use that as kind of a guiding principle on on how they want to deal with their transition, I, th- I think they'll be able to sit back and be proud about the transition and the time and toil and sweat and tears they put in their business. Yeah, and there's a lot of that, right? Everybody's had a learning curve. There's something about writing things down and getting it out of your brain and on paper um, that that just creates insights that you didn't even realize that you could have, right? That didn't you didn't even know they were there. Absolutely, and mm-hmm. I think about the seasons in the business, right? So yeah. every business has different seasons. Well, it would be good to share those seasons of the business with a potential acquirer. There's good times. There's bad times. Um, I love hearing a business owner's war stories. I mean, there was times when the banks wouldn't lend you credit and, mm-hmm. you know, you had to go find it somewhere else or your wealthy uncle borrowed you $15,000 to keep keep things going. Yeah. Um, it's important to to reflect on those those the history of your business. Yeah. It's funny that you bring up lending because um, when my former husband and I started our companies in 1989, you know, I was 50-50 owner with him, and I was running the business side of the business, right? I wasn't the technician of the business. He was a lawyer, and we did lots of title insurance work, lots of commercial work, lots of contracts, things like that, in, in several locations, actually. But I could never get the bank to do anything for me without him being there. Like, you know, um, I couldn't make a decision, no matter what it was, um, it was just, um, those, those were the days, right? I'm mm-hmm. dating myself right now. It's not that way now. And it got better towards last, right? Towards the end of the nineties, I think, um, early two thousands, you know, when we sold. Um, but, but I think that a lot of business owners have had to face that among other things, whether man or woman. Absolutely. And I think about some of the market cycles I've lived through, uh, with what I do. And, you know, we always try to bring forth the idea with business owners that, hey, the number one asset that you're probably going to have and the best returning asset you'll ever have is in your business. Mm -hmm. But we always try to help people um, take some chips, per se, off the table over time so they're not completely beholden to selling their business someday for all the financial reward that will need to carry them from the day of transition to the day they pass. But um, 
living through an 08 and an 09, particularly right. with people that had resources outside of their business, it enabled them to be uh, a better creditor to the bank. It They had other mm -hmm. assets to leverage. They had um, accessibility to other resources. Um, that helps. And I, I'm, I remember that like it was yesterday. So I can tell those stories to my clients today on why they want to probably consider taking some chips off the table over time and, and hold some money outside of their business. If you could give me a quick example of that, and then I have another question. Um, we don't have too much time left, but do you have a quick example that you could share with regard to taking chips off the table? I think that would be valuable. Yeah, I do. I mean, we actually, uh, there was actually a local business broker in town who I, he and I did some work together with some clients. And um, there was two of them in particular that I'm thinking of, uh, but I'll just share one of them. Uh, they were in the construction uh, business, and we we took about $5 million off the table, probably in the early to mid-2000s, and positioned it into different, we'll call them buckets. You know, we used different tools, but uh, we financed um, the commitments that we were making into these different buckets of capital uh, through the uh, through the business, through the cash flow of the business. And when 08 and 09 came around, uh, they weren't losing any sleep over construction trades being down, nor did they... Mm feel like they had to hold on and wait till a sunnier day to sell their business because they knew they had some pretty good financial independence outside or net of their business that they had um, taken years to set aside. So um, just a lot more peace of mind, and they were able to sleep a lot better at night for sure. And when you do those kinds of things, those life-changing kinds of services for your clients, then the word gets out, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, about the work that you do and the commitment that you have. And, you know, what I admire too is that you are a business owner, like you said, and, and I am too. I have been my whole life, as you know, most of it anyway. And I think that that just gives you a, a different lens, right, to, to empathize with your clients and to ask the questions that maybe you used to have asked, had asked for yourself or, you know, asked other clients, asked other business owner friends of yours, um, and versus having it be just kind of th theoretical, Absolutely. Right? The relatability is huge. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah, you said that before, relatability. So any other stories that you have that you could share real quick, Joel? Well, I just think about um, for the business owners that are listening or the entrepreneurs that are, you know, thinking about a succession, whether it's going to be in five years or 10 years or 20 years down the road, um, these successions can go pretty smooth if you, I think, hire the right people. Um, get your thoughts down on paper, mm -hmm. answer a lot of the questions that we've kind of posed today. Um, we see it all the time. I mean, we're seeming to have a lot more transactions at this stage of our practice than we have earlier on. But yeah, I mean, we just helped a construction company uh, the other day, you know, um, family-owned business. Uh, it was an internal um, sale. It was an intra-family sale. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, some of the children were going to be involved in the business. Some were not. So we even took into consideration things like estate equalization. Some are going to get the mm -hmm. business, some aren't. How do we take care of the ones that aren't? And what we want to do for the for those individuals. Um, we did personal planning for the owners to make sure that they were going to be taken care of forever. We helped them manage the retirement plans at the business. Uh, we funded actually even a buy-sell because um, some of the financing was carried back. And mm -hmm. so if something happened to um, now the individual family members that were responsible for um, running the business, mom mm -hmm. and dad want to make sure they still got paid. Exactly. So we made sure that that was all taken care of. We created a non-qualified deferred compensation plan to keep two of the really key employees around. Um, so there's just a lot of unique things that we can do 
um, to kind of solidify the sale, make sure the business is still going to be going in concern, take care of mom and dad, take care of the siblings and make sure there's peace and harmony there. Um, so there's work to be done for sure. Definitely. Well, I have um, a lot more questions now than I did when I walked in the door here at the studio today, but we'll have to save that for another episode like we talked about. We're at the point now where I would just like to ask you for a couple of action items, Joel, that you could share with our audience. I would say interview advisors. Um, You know, I have a good friend I went to high school with who's got a really unique business that's really hot right now, and I just found out actually yesterday that uh, he's entertaining a sale. And... um, Mm -hmm. We talked about this earlier in the episode, but he just reached out to me and said, hey, can I meet some M&A attorneys in town? Can I meet some um, accountants in town that I can talk to just to seek out additional information? I want to make sure the sale is structured appropriately. I want to make sure I'm going to do the right type of sale. Um, that was kind of addressed in your last episode, so uh, um, that's important. Mm-hmm. But he's just seeking information, and I love clients like that because he'll, he'll be able to go into this um, negotiation a lot more educated. Yeah. So I would, I guess my piece of advice would, I would, I would meet advisors, at least interview, have a cup of coffee with them, go have lunch. You don't have to hire them, but you're going to learn a lot. You're going to hear a lot of stories. Um, and these advisors have taken a lot of people through transition and, and, and there's just things to be gained and learned from that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would think about your, uh, business as probably the key driver for a lot of your financial well-being long-term. But I would start to think about what are ways that you can accumulate wealth outside of your business. And then what sort of planning do you need to do to make sure that your business is protected from key employees leaving, that your business is protected from an untimely death, that your business is protected um, if you're going to transition it at death from estate planning. That's a hot topic right now with a mm-hmm. new administration and talk about estate taxes going up. Yes. Um, so... Get out there, meet people, ask yourself questions, slow down, take a little bit of time outside of your business to focus on the things you need to focus on inside your business. Excellent. Well, that slow down, that's a good one, especially for people like me. I don't ever seem to slow down, (laughs) but I'm having a good time. Joel, thanks so much for joining us today. It was great, and I knew it would be. Um, For anyone out there who is listening, I know we've got more and more listeners all the time, and we appreciate you being here. You can download this episode at the Poised for Exit website. That's poisedforexit.com, where you can also get a copy of our book. Please share this program with your business owner friends and colleagues. Um, I'm sure that you know people who could really benefit from having this information. We also appreciate your reviews, and we thank you for subscribing to the show. We will catch you next time. Thanks.